Let us pray. And the king Assyrius laid a tribute upon the land and upon the isles of the sea. Esther 10.1 Give me this day, Lord, the wisdom of Esther and Mordecai. Allow me to gain strategic and insightful strategies to protect your children against the plot of the enemy. Like the story in Esther, equip me and those in my circle with the right solutions needed to solve the problems of your children in business, education, finance, technology, and every other industry you've led us to inherit. Thus, I declare myself as a problem solver. I am a master when it comes to solutions because the wisdom of your Holy Spirit rests on my mind and heart. The day of salvation and breakthrough has come. The hand of the oppressor has been lifted, and we are free to defend our lands and our destinies through the decree of your holy word. Thank you, my God, that we are free indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for making prayer a priority in your day. To learn more about the Bible, stay tuned for today's story. Brought to you by BibleInAYear.com Esther saves her people. In our last story, Esther was taken to be groomed as the next queen of Persia, she gained favor with the king, as did her uncle Mordecai. However, a wicked noble had the king's power, Haman. Haman sent out a decree for every Jew in the nation to be killed. The time was drawing near and the Jews were in great danger. Esther learned of Haman's plot and now had to risk her life by approaching the king. Now we learn of Esther's plan to expose Haman and save her people. Inspired by the book of Esther. Hello, this is Pastor Jack Graham with another episode of the Bible in a Year podcast. In our last episode, we learned how Esther was made queen, one of the wives of the unpredictable and cruel King Xerxes. God was working through her, however, and her uncle Mordecai to pave the way for a rescue of the Jews from the hand of Haman, a hateful man, one of Xerxes' evil counselors. And so when Haman convinced Xerxes to issue a decree to kill all the Jews in the capital, Esther is faced with a decision to remain silent and watch as her Jewish kin are slaughtered or speak up and risk angering Xerxes and endangering even ending her own life. For Esther, the choice was clear. She had to act. And in today's reading, we'll see how God works through the wisdom of Mordecai and the courage of Esther to save his people from certain annihilation. Here is the word of God for today. Esther dressed herself quietly in her room. She draped herself with royal robes and held her head up high. This was no time for groveling or flirting. She had to walk into the presence of King Xerxes as a strong leader. To enter into the king's courts uninvited meant certain death, but she was prepared to die if it meant protecting her people. She walked the halls. The sound of her footsteps echoed as she walked with purpose. She stopped outside the doors of the royal throne room, took a deep breath, 
and stepped inside. The halls were laced in gold, and ivory pillars held up the high ceiling. In the middle of the throne room, the king sat with his commanders facing him. The king looked surprised to see Esther, but not angry. He raised his golden scepter towards her and smiled. My queen, he said. Please come in. What can I do for you? Esther was surprised at the favor the king was displaying. He was joyful and sober. It was almost as if his heart and mind had been softened before she came in. Esther bowed and said, If it pleases you, my king, I would love for you and Haman to come tonight for a banquet. I have prepared a fine array of food for you. The king was elated at her request and immediately sent for Haman. Later that night, Esther was dining among Xerxes and the wicked man Haman. While they were drinking and enjoying their meal, the king asked, Is there anything you need of me, my queen? I will give you anything up to half my kingdom. Esther smiled at the gesture and simply asked that he and Haman return the next day for another banquet. Esther was careful to gain more favor from the king before requesting something so large. Plus, she wanted Haman to feel safe with her. Later that night, Haman was walking back from the banquet. He saw Mordecai in the streets and scoffed at him. Have you no respect, he spat. Still you don't bow to me, Haman yelled. So Haman gathered his servants to prepare a large wooden pike. Tomorrow he would find Mordecai and impale him on the end. That same night the king tossed and turned in his bed. He was uneasy and his heart felt heavy. He called for one of his servants to tell different stories and recount good events. The servant read out loud tales of military exploits, successful building projects, and good works the king was a part of. Xerxes began to drift as the servant sang his praises. Then the servant recounted noble acts done for the king by others. He spoke of Mordecai saving him from assassination. At these words, the king leapt out of his bed. He had forgotten to reward Mordecai for his loyalty. The next morning, Xerxes ordered Haman to parade Mordecai around in the city streets and sing his praises. Haman held the reins of the horse Mordecai sat on. Haman, to his shame, was forced to praise the man he planned to kill. He was forced to celebrate his sworn enemy. Mordecai was the reason Haman wanted the Jews executed. He would dance on Mordecai's corpse once the Jews were exterminated for good. Later that night, Haman and Xerxes joined Esther for another banquet. Haman stewed in bitterness as he sipped his wine. He had hated the events leading up to the banquet. The king laughed with his queen and asked once again, How can I bless you, my love? What is it that you would ask of me? Esther looked deeply into the king's eyes. Her seriousness caught him off guard. She sighed and held his hand. Have I found favor in your sight? she asked. Of course, what is it? the king responded. I have been told that one of your men has sent a decree for the Jews in the land to be slaughtered. But they are my people. I am a Jew. Her comments surprised the king, not because Esther was a Jew, but because such a hideous decree was made in his name. Who would do such a thing? he demanded. Who would dare lay a hand on my queen's people without my permission? The king's rage boiled, and Haman shrunk where he sat and then attempted to slip out of the room silently. 
Esther saw Haman making an escape and said, This man before you was the one. He is a wicked man and your adversary. The king turned to Haman. His eyes were red with rage. The king stepped outside for a moment to yell at the stars. While the king was outside, Haman fell onto Esther's lap and begged for mercy. The king stepped back inside and found Haman on top of Esther. You dare touch my wife, he yelled. Haman's eyes widened. He could not speak. The king gestured for his guards to take Haman. Without a word, he was taken and thrown onto the wooden pike he set up for Mordecai. Yet the decree to kill the Jews could not be reversed. The decree was final. The day was fast approaching, and Xerxes had no idea how to save the people from certain death. However, Mordecai and Esther had a plan. If Xerxes would allow for the Jews to defend themselves, then they could battle against Haman's nobles. This would protect the Jews and get rid of the men loyal to Haman. So the decree was sent out, and the Jews were armed with swords and shields. The day came when the nobles sent their men to slaughter the Jews, but they were met with strong defenses. Together, the Jews were able to defend themselves from the onslaught. Victory was shouted in the streets of Susa. Families shouted for joy. Not only were they spared, but they were able to play a role in their own liberation. They were afforded the opportunity to defend themselves. They felt empowered for the first time since captivity. This was all thanks to the noble character of Esther. She would remain in the palace and watch over her people. She would create a legacy of kindness and establish a kingdom that looked towards Jerusalem with favor. In today's scripture, Esther is preparing for the most important meeting of her life. On her shoulders rests the fate of the Jews in the capital region of Susa. At least, that's what it surely must have felt like to this young woman. But I imagine that Esther also understood that this was much bigger than her, much bigger. Her fate and that of her people rested not on her shoulders or in the hands of Xerxes or even hateful Haman, but the Most High God who'd placed her there by His providences and in His plan. Esther made herself beautiful, appealing to the desires of Xerxes. She was young but not foolish. She was never to approach the king without being summoned, but she dared for the sake of her people to approach him. She boldly approaches the throne room to his great surprise. It bears mentioning what a sharp contrast this scene draws to our situation. Esther was the wife of Xerxes, a human ruler in a kingdom that in the timeline of humanity was just a blip on the radar. And she had to approach him yet with caution and fear. Any request could not only be denied, but met with harsh punishment, even capital punishment. When you think about this, we have an even greater promise when we approach our King, Jesus. Through our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, we come to the throne room of God. He has made it available to us. We come to his throne with boldness, as the Scripture says, and we have access to him because of what Christ has done for us. We can go at any time and pray and ask God for what we need. What a wonderful promise. So Esther enters Xerxes' throne room, and he expects her to make a request. Rather than ask for something, she tells the king she wants to throw a banquet for him and Haman. No doubt this would appeal to both men's pride and sense of superiority. 
They both gladly attended the banquet, eating and drinking their fill. A pleasured king then asked Esther what she wanted. No request would be denied her, he promised. But she knew this trap needed to be set with care. She proposed a second feast, another night of honoring these men. Later that same night, Haman saw Mordecai, who refused still to bow down before him. So Haman ordered a gallows built on which he would hang Mordecai. He had had enough, he thought, of this Jew's disrespect. And as Xerxes slept that night, he was troubled. So he called a servant in to tell him stories and soothe him. One of the stories that was read to him recounted how Mordecai saved him from assassination. At that moment, the king remembered he had never rewarded Mordecai. So he called Haman and asked what should be done to honor someone the king wished to honor. Haman, of course, thought it was him the king wanted to honor. So he proposed a lavish display, then watched as all he had proposed was given to Mordecai. That next night, Esther held another feast, and this time when she was asked what she wanted, she spoke clearly and forthrightly. She told the king that she had heard of the decree to exterminate the Jews, then revealed that she was Jewish herself. Xerxes was livid and wanted to know who wished harm upon his wife. Esther pointed to Haman and told the king it was all his idea. So we read in Esther 7 and verse 10 a bit of biblical poetic justice, powerful poetic justice. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the wrath of the king abated. Here you have the story of the horrible hanging of hateful Haman. Haman was dealt with, but the decree still stood and couldn't be retracted. But Xerxes allowed the Jews to defend themselves and fight. To commemorate their rescue from annihilation, Mordecai and all the Jews inaugurated the festival known as Purim still observed to this day. Though it may seem at times that evil has its way, God's justice will always be satisfied. He had worked through Esther and Mordecai to bring rescue to his people, but there was an even greater rescue coming, not just for the Jews, but for all the world. Dear God, we thank you for the faith and the witness of Esther and Mordecai. What a tremendous story. Thank you for including it in God's word. We see your providence, and even though your name is never mentioned in the book of Esther, your hand is at work, your providence is sure, and your judgments are given. Lord, you are always present. Your invisible hand is always working. Your invisible hand of providence is always working, and for this we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, thank you for listening to today's Bible in a Year podcast. I'm Pastor Jack Graham from Dallas, Texas. Let me encourage you to download the Pray.com app and make Bible study and prayer a real priority in your life. And if you are enjoying this podcast, share it with someone you know, someone you care about, because sharing God's Word has a powerful impact upon people's lives. And if you want more resources as to how you can find faith, grow in your faith, develop as a disciple and follower of Jesus, be sure to visit me at jackgraham.org. We have plenty of resources that will encourage you and equip you for life. God bless you.
This episode is sponsored by MediShare, an innovative healthcare solution for Christians to save money without sacrificing quality. Welcome to the Pray News Podcast, where hope is our only bias. Each day, we'll unpack the most prominent stories happening in the news and offer a Christian perspective. We won't shy away from the hard topics, and we won't dilute the hopeful message of Christ. This is more than a daily brief on the news. It's a way to be informed and transformed. Listen to Pray News on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.